This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special Super J cast, a live face-to-face Super J cast with Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald in the same room, podcasting together for the first ever time. Yeah, I had to put on pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally woke up, you know what we joke about waking up and doing this show? This was one of those moments where it's like, oh yeah, I remember him saying we had to do a show at 9 o'clock and I heard something at my hotel door. And it woke me up. I was like, oh shit, I gotta get up. And then I looked at my phone and I saw Joel. I'm in the lobby. And that was like three minutes ago. And I was like, oh shit, gotta get up. Got up, got down here, and here we are. We're in New York City, Joel. Yeah, it's hard to believe, really. It's been a, an incredible week for me personally, and I'm sure for you as well. We started off on Thursday. We were at the WrestleCon Super Show. We met a lot of friends, a lot of cool people, got to hang out with. Our good friend Tom, we met up with Chris Charlton, had dinner with Chris, which was nice, and hanging out with some of the cool people from Voices of Wrestling, Joe Lanza, uh, Ricardo, great fun spending time with him, Andrew Rich, John Carroll, uh, Sean Cedar, Taylor, Joe Gagney, uh, Sean Flynn, um, w- which is awesome because you know these are people whose work I've admired and getting to have a beer with them face-to-face was really cool. I, you know, I tweeted it out. It's a very much a celebration of pro wrestling. Like whatever style of pro wrestling that you were into, whatever floats your boat, whether whether that be um, you know DDT or penis party or New Japan or whatever, everybody was here to celebrate their one love of pro wrestling, and that is really cool. You don't run into jerk offs. You don't run into people that you know you just want to strangle. By and large, <laughs> maybe a few, but but by and large, it was it's just a great time, and I you know it makes me question why I haven't done it before, and it, and it makes me question why when I do it again because it it was legitimately a fun weekend. What's made it extra special for me, I think, is getting to meet some of our listeners yeah. who are a huge part of the show. Like I I love that we've got uh, a community. Of, of fans and listeners who we all interact together and getting to meet some of those people face to face was amazing is is really humbling like going into madison square garden and seeing our friend floyd wearing a t-shirt with our stupid faces right. on it just blew my mind yeah that was one of those things where i i had to step back you know i had a I had to look at you and be like this guy has our face on a t-shirt in madison square garden amazing yeah and xavier also bringing us some snacks from mexico which is very much appreciated i've now got i had to go and buy a separate suitcase to fill that up with all the the snacks and crisps (laughs) that i've bought uh it's ridiculous i don't know what i'm going to do with them it's probably going to take me years to eat them but i I guess i just like collecting them so the the food's been incredible here Uh, i've just had an amazing time and the wrestling has been the, the icing on the cake as far as that goes yeah People are great. It's fun. You, 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 it's a big city. There's lots to do. You can spend you know, a lifetime in here and not eat at a different, you know, not eat at the same restaurant. It's just one of those things, man. That that I, again, I love the fact that people can share a common love of what we do. And I gotta be honest with you, I one of the highlights was was seeing you, you know, and and seeing your missus, man. They that that you know, seeing you walk through the bar. I was like, okay, let's let's do this again. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, you know, that to me that means, and I don't mean to get old and sentimental and bullshit, but Tim, oh, I know, but that means more to me than 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 anything. Um, and there are times where you're like you're in a, a restaurant or a bar, and you you you're seeing the same faces that you see in Tokyo. And I told Eric, who was with us, I was like, "This is this is just like Tokyo," and to me, Tokyo's heaven. 
And it's not necessarily always Tokyo, the city that is heaven. It's the people around it, you know? So, I don't know. That, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. So I like that. And I think, uh, I think you know, we share the same, the same feelings on that. So you could say the real IWGP Heavyweight Championship was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> We could say that if you want to. Sure. That's no problem. All right. Um, so I have to check out at 11, and then it is, what, 9.30? So we want to talk about, obviously, the great weekend of pro wrestling, Joel, that we had in front of us. So why don't you uh, lead us lead us to that path of salvation? Yeah, so it's going to be a truncated show this week. We'll get back to all the usual stuff, the new segments, your questions next weekend, because... Yeah, David's got to check out. I've got a 13, well, 16-hour flight ahead of me back to China later on today. So we thought we would just go through the G1 Supercards and talk about match by match. First of all, what an amazing experience. Just just overall, the whole experience of being in that famous arena in Madison Square Garden for a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. And I know for, for you, historically, having followed the promotion for as long as you have that was a really special moment for you seeing the company grow to the point where it could sell out because it it was a sellout. It's uh, a confirmed uh, attendance of 16,534 fans. Madison Square Garden in New York, that's a bit special, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, bands and performers and pro wrestlers and you name it know of Madison Square Garden. And it's kind of like the... You've made it. You've made it if you've wrestled there or if you've performed there. Um, and there's one thing to say, yeah, I performed at Madison Square Garden, but I was in the you know first match, you know, dark match against Val Venus. <laughs> okay, yeah, you did, but did you? Well, all these guys and that logo on that scoreboard meant the world. And, uh, yeah, for everybody to enjoy it in that big building, and it felt like a special day. And trust me, uh, you know there were times where I was like completely rip roaring drunk. Just one because it was fun, and two because it was almost overwhelming. So it's kind of like okay, I'm more than happy to drink because I don't want to deal with what's going to happen. Um, seeing that logo and seeing those people in the ring and seeing and hearing things I'm familiar with. In a, in a setting like that. So, um, yeah, it was a real special day. And, 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 and I don't think the value of Madison Square Garden was lost on anybody. Yeah, also part of it maybe was the four hours of karaoke that we'd done beforehand. Oh, my God. Doing shots. <sighs> now, you, you claim that you were a, the, the clear winner with the Bond off, but I, I definitely think we need to have a rematch in Tokyo because I, I think I gave you a run for your money. There. I think so, too. Here's what you did. You pulled out that Never Walk Alone song. No, we're not, not allowed to say and that. You, all the yeah, Arsenal that, fans listening are going to be annoyed with me. Yeah, it's well, a you, 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 he pulled out that, what's that? That's a Liverpool song, right? It is the Liverpool anthem, yeah. Okay. It's a good song, though. Well, okay. Well, he's pulled that out. And let me tell you something. For an Arsenal fan, you seem to know all the words, and you seem they to- Come hit, up on the screen. And well, you hit all the notes, and everything sounded like, in, it was intimidating. And I was like, where did this fucking thing come from? And now, look at you. You're all, you know, you're all pumping your chest, and then we had the bond off. I, I, I did my Simon, all right, but, but, yeah, it was a little intimidating. So yeah, we might have to do round two. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give myself the win on this one. I'm going to give myself. I, the I win won't begrudge you that. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. So again, bond off. Simon and the boys won. Did try to squeeze a bit of extra money out of that with uh, the t-shirt sales. We did. So yeah. thank you to. Uh, James and Anwar, who, who actually bought T-shirts. <laughs> we, we gave you a little sneak preview, but uh, the rest of that, maybe, maybe next time we'll do a, a full live stream of that. But, yeah. uh, well, it's on my phone, so, I mean, if anybody wants, you know, the challenge is still there. Okay, right, so eight more T-shirts sold, and we'll, we'll upload it. That sounds like There's a There's plenty of footage there. Um, yeah. Myself and John Carroll, we absolutely butchered Tai Chi's theme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Un- unworthy of the Holy Empire. How about that Andrew Rich? Andrew Rich, wow, what a voice he has. I'm telling you. I was, it's, it's 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 not what I thought would come out of that body. It's deep and rich. Yeah, like like Andrew Rich, honey, <laughs> <laughs> just like honey. The Jesus of Mary Jane. All right, uh, what else we got? All right, so 
overall thoughts on the show then. So we'll, we'll get into it match by match, but my general feelings on it were that it was a fantastic show, like an all-time great show for me. The experience being there live, the quality of the matches, I thought, for the most part, were outstanding. There were some things that were not to my taste that I didn't enjoy at all, but I can take a step back and say okay that's not for me but other people loved it mm. and in the building the crowd were hot for it there are one or two things that i think are objectively terrible which we'll get on to but top to bottom a tremendous show yeah i i felt like this show first let me just say that that i absolutely enjoyed it and let me say that it seemed like the majority of the people that were in attendance absolutely enjoyed enjoyed it. And yes, there were things where I had to pause and be like, that that definitely is not for me. Um, with that being said, it felt like there was a line in the sand more than I felt than any other show that I've ever remember watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. And again, I know I understand there's a there's a cross promotion and I understand that there's um things that they maybe wanted to do but couldn't do, time, all that nonsense. But to me it felt like this was a show where there was a definitive line in the sand of here's where this promotion is going moving forward. And I'm concerned and the concern is is that is the same critiques and that same finger wag and that same of when we went to that NXT show where things might have been a little mm, dumbed down yeah that might be the word that might be the word and i don't mean that as people were dumb and they don't that's not what i mean cuz i was in the arena and I'm the, Okay, localized. Great. Even, maybe even better, right? It did feel like this was a show that was hand-fed to an audience at Madison Square Garden. Now, is that good pro wrestling? Is that something where it's, okay, we're at Madison Square Garden, we're sold out, let's give the people what they want? I think so. Just judging by the crowd reaction, they seem to eat up every single minute of that so i think you have to say if you're just judging by how the live crowd responded to it a huge success again with the caveat of one or two things that i, I strongly disliked and th that half of that show wasn't for me i'm a new japan pro wrestling fan i like their style and i think all of the njpw stuff they knocked it out of the park uh the roh stuff okay i'm, I'm not an roh fan but that was the nature of the beast uh, the fact that they managed to get that venue booked was because of ROH and it's a symbiotic relationship. So obviously the, the politics involved, they had to have a more or less 50-50 split on how the show and the matches were allocated. The ROH stuff, again, like I say, it's not for me. It's not something I'm interested in. Based on what I've seen today, I've got zero interest in watching any more Ring of Honor going forward. But I'm not going to sit here and say it was a disaster because, again, the live crowd, they ate it up. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest pops, and I looked at you, I was like, that's the biggest pop of the fucking night, Marty Scroll. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it was what it was. Um, but here, if, even with that being said, I know that crowd was a smart crowd and a crowd that knew their, their pro wrestling. I don't think it was all, you know, bullet club, jacket wearing, vaping, numb nuts. I felt like it was, you know, a, a, a very smart, intelligent crowd that knew... Everything that they needed to know, to know, to know. Um, but yeah, I do have that. I did when I walked out of that building. I felt like well, that was that was a. Once again, I'm not 100 percent sure I got that full New Japan Pro Wrestling experience. Yeah, and it wasn't advertised as that. To be fair, so I think if you're saying what was on the poster, ROH, New Japan, you got what you were advertised so i i can't really complain about that we, we we expected that to happen when the partnership was announced we had our reservations and we knew that the new japan stuff would be great the roh stuff we personally wouldn't like and that's pretty much what happened yeah again i think what over the overriding theme is is 
seeing that logo in that building where I have seen the biggest bands, the biggest, you know, events. That's the building they're playing. You know, and even driving up in that, you know, we're driving up in that big SUV making us feel, you know, as as pimp as we can. Felt special. You know, we get out of the we get out of the we get out of the vehicle. People are people we get out of the vehicle and people are like, oh, Damon Joel, uh, Eric, yeah. Um so we big timed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's get into the specifics of the show. This started off in a, a fantastic way with my pastrami sandwich. Oh, what that a great. fucking sandwich that was. How much was that? Uh I think it was about fifteen dollars. That's not bad. For the amount of pastrami that I got in that, I've never had a sandwich like that before. It, it was stacked. Like, the amount of meat in that sandwich was about as thick as my fist. I was blown away by how good it was. And I got it covered in mustard. So, I, And I, I wanted to get to the show early because I wanted to watch the, the, the six-man, the what, six-lady tag match at the beginning. But <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I was more <laughs> absorbed with my sandwich. And it was a really good sandwich than the opening tag match. You were paying more attention to that tag match. No, I wasn't. I was no. paying attention to you having a Enjoy match with a pastrami sandwich is what I was looking at. Um, because here's the thing. You ate that thing. So we were up in the, in the concourse and you had the sandwich. And then you couldn't shake somebody's hand. Because, I mustard all over my hand. Because you had mustard all over your hand, right? And then... You went down into your. By the time we got down to our seat, sat down and settled in, you still had this motherfucking sandwich. It was the biggest sandwich I've ever seen. Feud of the night, mate. I mean, I was telling that you, sandwich. that was that was that was a snooker Roddy Piper feud right there um, with that sandwich. Yeah. So to yeah, me, ma- matching question with Kagetsu, Jenny Rose, and Hazaki defeated Hannah Kimura, Stella Gray, and Sumi Sakai. I'm a huge fan of. Hannah Kimura, so it was cool to see her in the flesh. Uh, I, I don't have a great deal to say about the match, though. No, I mean, but here's the thing, too. A lot of people didn't, maybe, I don't know if they weren't expecting it or they didn't know what time the show was going on or they, you know, they had, they had a battle with a pastrami sandwich, <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the case may have been. It Not a lot of people were sitting in the in their seats at this point. So, I mean, I understand the idea of a dark match and all that stuff, but um, people, I, I don't think people realize that that match was even coming on. One thing I will say is that it highlighted the, the talented array of women wrestlers that are at the disposal of Ring of Honor that they're choosing not to use, yeah. which is something we'll come on to later. But you know, people like Hana Kimura and Hazuki and Kagetsu, fucking great wrestlers, and they're not being used for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know if they're scheduling issues, but they're not really being used by Ring of Honor. No. Again, we'll come on to that later when we're speaking about the women's match. But it's just to show that the talent is there and they do have that connection with Ring of Honor, but they're not being used. Move on to the next match then, which was the Honor Rumble. So the battle royal was for a shot at the ROH World Championship. So the entrants in order were Kenny King, Minoru Suzuki, Cheeseburger, Beer City Bruiser, Show. And Shingo, so Sho and Shingo Takagi were resuming their few long-running feud that they've got going and beating the crap out of each other. Then we got Bushi, and then Yo came out, so we got a little junior tag team face-off there. Uh, Raheem Ali, Rhett Titus, LSG. I don't know who that is. LSG, is that ringing any bells? LSG? <laughs> LSG, yeah. Uh, I'll probably kick myself. I know right. LSD. I'm not familiar with LSG. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, so we got... Comedy with Taguchi, uh, Will Ferrara, Chase Owens, Big Pot for Chase, people were really into him, Rocky Romero, Brian Milonas, Bad Luck Farley, so we got the big boy spots in the middle of the match, Jonathan Gresham, Tracy Williams, Yoshihashi, PJ Black, who you got mixed up with TKO Ryan. I did. <laughs> you say, oh, this vanity searching fuck. Like, it's not him. Why well, you hate <laughs> him? <laughs> then your boy Jushin Thunder Liger, then TKO Ryan, Vinny Marcellia. Delirious, Tomohiro Ishii, Colt Cabana, who was replacing Toru Yanu, who, who gave his spot over to Colt. Hiroki Goto, Haku, and the great Muta. The so great Muta. We, uh, th- this was tremendous fun. I, I loved it. I thought it was really well booked. It, we had nice little stories told within the match. Um, I, d- I did say, I don't know if anyone was listening, but I thought it was going to come down to Liger against the Kingdom 
guys at the end. And it, that kind of happens. But then uh, we ended up with this tremendous Liger and Muta face-off. And when Muta came out, the, that, that arena exploded. Like you say, that's, that's a smart crowd because they, they knew exactly who he was. But then we had uh, Kenny King running in at the end and eliminating them both. And I, I don't know enough about Kenny King to say whether or not that's a good move. He's not someone that interests me personally. If he's some great big up-and-coming talent in ROH, then yeah, fine, I can see that's a, a good way to use him and give him a bit of a push. But it just, for me, it was a bit of a letdown because I was really excited about seeing... I, I think most people wanted Liger to win, didn't they? Yeah. I, I, here's what I... Like, people are going to argue the old... We're back in. We took, we took a time machine, and now we're back in 1984. Where oh, Joel, that's heel heat, right? That 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 the Kenny King eliminating Muda and Liger, who everyone had a fucking boner over, seeing them two in the ring, just standing next to each other once again, uh, in Madison Square Garden, like literally icons of just about. I mean, name me another person where who has been more influential in the transition of american and western fans you know everybody outside of japan to japanese pro wrestling than those two guys yeah and it was a very fitting moment given the the historic nature of this event and having new japan in this venue to have a little nod back towards their past with these two guys liger and muta getting their moment to shine yeah I mean that that there there is there there are no other names that I can come up with that for the tape trading generation mean more than Liger and Muda, and to have that happen at Madison Square Garden is dreamlike. You know, it's it's you know, it's to, like I'm waking up right now and I'm like, well, that really happened. Um, and I know again they're going to talk about heel heat and Kenny King and getting the. This is it's 2019. Let's take the time machine and let's get let's get back to today. That nobody is buying a ticket because Kenny King threw out Muda and Liger. You know what I mean? Like just give fucking Liger or Muda. Uh, give give people something to be happy about. There's no need to be walk out with the feeling that you had of that uh, could have been so much better if we just got the win. Just just something as simple as that. And and why we're going to give somebody the rub? Really? Kenny King? Come on. Yeah, Kenny King if as a future ROH title challenger is not something that interests me. I mean, maybe if there's ROH fans out here who think that's brilliant. I mean, let's flip the switch. If it was a, a New Japan, you know, up-and-coming young heel who's doing that, I don't know, like, let's say Jay White from a year ago coming and eliminating the old legends, then we might be sitting here saying, yeah, that was very smart because you know, that is how they've been using Jay White. But just maybe it's my... Uh, ignorance about ROH that's coming to the fore here but yeah I, I wanted to see Liger win but there you go so then uh, we moved on to the main show and the first match was the never open weight and ROH world tv championship match with um, Jeff Cobb defeating Will Ospreay in 12 minutes with a super tour of the islands uh, off the ropes now I spoke a, a few weeks ago saying that we've seen Jeff Cobb in these uh, like never open weight strong style kind of matches against guys like Hiroki Goto where they do the the two big hosses like the hoss battle and it it's been good but I don't feel it was really playing to Jeff Cobb's strengths but this was exactly the sort of opponent that I think uh, makes Jeff Cobb shine and made Osprey shine as well because Osprey was just flying around like a madman. The pace of this match was just insane. I'm sorry, Joel. Apparently, there's, a, there's a, an emergency outside of some kind. Uh, I'm sure this could be picked up on the on the podcast of uh, fires and this is what it is. Like this two o'clock in the morning, mate. too. <laughs> yeah, it's like two o'clock in the morning. You hear this shit, and you're like, what the. Uh, what, what can we do? Yeah. We're in uh, New York City. But yeah, I, I mean, anyway, I thought this was a, a perfect way to open the show. Really high pace, lots of crazy spots. Uh, people just flying all over the place. Incredible risks from Osprey, who just, he, he made Cobb look like an absolute monster. I was a little bit surprised that Jeff Cobb won, but uh, not disappointed or anything. I'm excited to see more Jeff Cobb in New Japan and I mean I guess that means he's going to be coming on upcoming tours defending his title against Taichi who's been calling him Piggy so but brilliant match I'm 
about four and a quarter on it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was a great opener. We knew it was going to be great. Um, I, I was actually a little bit surprised. And I think a lot of people in the reviews or the previews that I had read were picking Osprey as well. I don't think there were, were many people. You could probably count them on one hand how many people thought Jeff Cobb was walking away, never champion, never one-point champion. Um, this, w- this was an amazing show in the sense that you go through up and down that lineup, and we'll touch on each and every match. Titles were changing hands left and right. Titles were changing hands left and right on this show. Um, and for a New Japan Pro Wrestling show, that's pretty significant. Um, yeah, I was in the fours. I don't know if, you know, quarters, halves, whatever, but I was I was in the fours for this, and I thought this was a perfect opener. And Will Ospreay, to me, he might be the performer of the weekend. In all the matches that I've that I watched, and I went to a handful of shows this week, Will Ospreay might be at the top of my list as best performer of the week. Yeah, he had a terrific match against was it Bandido mm-hmm. in the, the WrestleCon Super Show and then the tag match. Oh, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm hearing great things about. So. I'm telling you right now, sitting in that front row, Will Ospreay took a fucking beating for 15 minutes. Just an ass-kicking beating. And, you know, you want that sympathy for the baby face and you want the people to get behind the guy to fire up and, and, and be able to kick out or be able to make the hot tag. First three minutes into the match, and Suzuki just pops... <laughs> uh, uh, Will right in the nose, and he's bleeding from his mouth and his nose, and they worked on it the entire match. Um, and there was depth, and he just took a beating from Suzuki. Um, and then, you know, he follows that up with a great performance opening up Madison Square Garden. So, um, he, to me, he is on my short list of performers of the week. Speaking of Suzuki, did you know that they dubbed over his music during the on a Rumble? So they were playing generic music over his Kazanina Ray theme. I don't know. I've no idea, but a lot of people because I uploaded the video of everyone going Kaze Nina right, and then I've got a ton of replies saying they dubbed over it with something else. So that's just a bizarre move. But um, anyway, yeah, it, it, it was surprising for Osprey to lose, but I I don't mind the story of his, this uh, junior. I mean, they are still saying he's a junior uh, coming up against someone that he couldn't defeat, someone who was too big and too strong because you don't want Will Ospreay just plowing through the entire heavyweight roster. So, uh, again, maybe they can have a little extended feud together. So I I thought this was uh, really good stuff. Then the second match was a special singles match between Rush and Dalton Castle, which ended in 15 seconds Yeah. after uh, repeated skewer drop kicks from Rush. And afterwards, we got Dalton Castle doing a bit of a heel turn and attacking the boys afterwards. So uh, a very welcome squash match there. I think. <laughs> unexpected. It, it made Roosh look like a star. Yeah, unexpected um, and well welcomed with open arms, right? I mean, we all looked at that finish. We were like, okay, that's that's kind of what... Like, if you, if you gave me the magic wand and said, okay, this could be anything you want, what would you like to have happen? That was it. That was that was pretty much in and out, and we're on to the next match. So I don't know if they were just shaved. You know, they were pressed for time. Look, that show got over late. That show got over real late. Um, and I know that during the main event, I'm talking to you like, this can't go 40 minutes. Just can't go. Um, and because it was like, a, you know, it was almost midnight. Yeah, um, midnight seemed to be the cutoff, didn't it? Because when people were coming out, the... The staff there were saying, "Get out of the building." Yeah, basically, well, they were literally saying that. Yeah. So they were obviously really desperate to close up shop. Yeah, so they were they were they were pressed for time. Um, so that was a great. I mean, they knew it right out of the gate that they were pressed for time. So they they went to the finish real quick. I was happy with that. Um, I can't really rate a match in the sense of this was a great match. This wasn't a great match. It was a, a it was literally bell rings, two moves pin we're going home yeah and a good choice i think did a lot more for both wrestlers than uh, you know a 12 minute back and forth yeah. encounter would do fresh coat of paint for Dalton castle and made roosh look great so i, I think that's a, a success for that yeah. match third match we got the women of honor world championship match between um kelly klein who defeated mayu iwatani in 10 minutes with the k power mayu iwatani is a tremendous wrestler. She's fantastic. You can go out, look at her back catalogue. She's had some incredible contests over the past few years. Kelly Klein, 
just did not look like a good wrestler to me. You know, I saw, I saw some people saying uh, she looked like someone who won a competition, <laughs> which may be a little bit unfair, but this, I, Mayu did her very best there and it just seemed like a bit of a carry job for me and just a, a bad match. Didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'm happy for everybody to be on a show of this magnitude and I'm happy for everyone who found a way to get a spot. Um, the match was, yeah, it was there. I can't, I can't, I can't say it was a bad match because I don't think it was a bad match. Um, I, I, I really feel like it, it was a match where we need to get this young lady on the show and here's where we're going to put her and, and let the ships fall where they may. It just seems like a bizarre choice when you have people like Iwatani and Hazuki Kagetsu, Hanakimura at your disposal and you choose Kelly Klein to be the person going forward. Okay, fine. I mean, fair enough if that is a choice going forward. But then the angle that followed after that where uh, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky came out who are the original beautiful people. Uh, Velvet Sky, who interestingly has been uh, Bully Ray's girlfriend for years, and oh. Bully Ray apparently is getting more involved in the booking oh. of Ring of Honor. Okay, and uh, yeah, I saw a tweet that says, "I still can't get over the story behind the beautiful people in ROH is that an unhappy Madison Rain asked for it, ROH agreed, and she left anyway. So instead, instead of Madison Rain, we got Angelina Love and Velvet Sky coming out, and look." This, this again. This is one of the things that I thought was really, really bad. Yeah, I this this did nothing for me. It really didn't. Like to me, this screams of people who have been around forever, angling their way in, shoehorning their way in, trying to get in on a on a on a. Taking spots from people that don't have the name, okay, great. Don't have the the uh, and I put in air quotes star power um, that maybe they have. It's just them kind of elbowing their way in, and I don't. Th- and I'm going to say I'm going to say it flat out. Would they have a job if Bully Ray w- wasn't around? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you wonder because. Like ten years ago, yeah, people were into the beautiful people, but now I was having a conversation with Sean Cedar about it earlier this morning. It just it seems like they've got in a time machine and gone back a decade, right? And it's just really not what I think people want to see, especially given the talent that they've got out of their disposal. I, I I give it a big fat zero, and again, I understand that they have somewhat of a name to pro wrestling fans. But yeah, it's like we went in the time machine and we moved back, you know. And and it not only does it feel like okay, we've traveled back in time, we've moved back with that. You know what I mean? We've moved back. And the crowd weren't responding to no. this at all. The crowd were dead for the women's match, and they were dead for this angle. So this is not one of those things where I can say, well, it's not for me, but everyone else liked it. I think this was just objectively a failure. Uh, so it looks like we're going for Mandy Leon against Kelly Klein which I've got zero interest in. I think the whole, the whole women's division just looks like a dumpster fire at the moment. Uh, and I'm told that Mandy was dating Delirious for a while. So yeah. that was part of the reason why she got pushed in Ring of Honor initially, despite her ability. So again, I, I don't know too much about that. I can't speak to it, but it doesn't exactly paint an encouraging picture about that. So uh, let's move on to the next match, which was a New York City Street Fight oh. Open Challenge match. Mm. With, um, you know, it's good that, that we were in New York City to have that match. Because if we had that match in Toledo, Ohio, it would not work. Where were the police? And so beforehand, we got uh, a little video clip where it was Juice Robinson had been attacked and taken out of the match. Never really got payoff for that. I, I still don't know. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it was something you only you picked up if you're watching on the, the broadcast. But I don't know 
who took him out, but then he just got better and came out later anyway. <laughs> so we ended up with a, a, a like a six-man tag match with Juice Robinson, uh, Flip Gordon, mm. to everyone's surprise. I thought he had a knee injury. I was, I was told yeah, he was we were hurt. Ca- <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us what you were told, uh, Joe. That was a legit injury. I think lots of people were reporting that. Meltzer was certainly reporting that. Flip himself said that. So we, we've all been deceived. Uh, but again crowd popped big for it they were excited to see flip gordon so again while he's not to my personal taste i can't hand wave it and say it was a bad decision because other people liked it so we got juice robinson flip gordon and mark haskins defeating bully ray cyrus young and shane taylor in 15 minutes after flip pinning bully with a four flippy splash it was a plunder match it reminded me of like one of those wwf hardcore title matches from like the, the early 2000s which uh like 13-year-old Joel would have loved, but 31-year-old Joel is, is not so keen on. I was really, really bored during this. I was just fucking about on my phone, and it's, it was just interminable. But people live were reacting to it. They right. seemed to really enjoy it. They were popping for all the big uh, spots with all the you know the tables and chairs and plunger and whatever was going on in the ring. So this is one of those where I will have to file under the category of not for me, but seem to be a success for the live crowd. Okay, but I'm going to say this: I think that crowd was up for anything. You, you, the, the you know they could have put fucking you know pancakes and syrup in the fucking ring, and they would have cheered. Well, just they, they a, were not for the women's match, to be fair. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. It felt like they were up for anything. Uh, that 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 the way that they booked that and overbooked that match felt like that could have just you know that could have fallen apart very easily. And all the people that were involved in it, and you're just like, okay, it didn't feel special. It didn't feel like it had any. You could have just done a a New York Street fight, Bully Ray and somebody, right? And that would have been that. And I think it would have been 10 times better than what we saw here. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. But yeah, I just think this is the sort of thing that I I, I don't like these kind of matches. Other people do. So I just have to leave it at that, really. And the fifth match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship three-way match with Dragon Lee defeating... Uh, pinning Bandido and Taiji Shimori was also in that match in eight minutes after a desnakadora. This match was really quick. It seemed to end quite abruptly, but in retrospect, I can't, I can't fault that really. I thought it, it achieved everything it needed to do. It was the crazy, um, flippy, lucha-style, dangerous spot fest that we were all hoping for. And it was just balls-to-the-wall action. I was totally entertained throughout. There were some unbelievable spots of athleticism and just great job by all three guys all around and uh, i'm surprised that dragon leads one um obviously there's going to be a lot of speculation about mr uh, hiromi takahashi coming back some people thought we'd see him at this show but we didn't i thought it would be one of those things where it'd be really difficult for them to pull off like how are you going to hide hiromu in new york with all these wrestling fans around so uh understand why he wasn't there but uh terrific match yeah Exactly what was, like, this was an example of something that, what was advertised, you got. And you got it tenfold. Um, I mean, obviously this means we'll see Super Dragon in Best of the Super Juniors. We'll see, I, I'm going to be surprised if we see all three. Yeah, also it's it's notable here that Ishimori didn't get pinned, so he may demand a rematch at some point right. Dragon Lee okay and I'd be definitely into that seeing Ishimori against Dragon Lee yeah I thought this match was short and but just at 767 miles an hour um, everybody hitting hot moves everybody working as fast and as hard as they can to get in and out and yeah like if there's any critique and it's not their fault because they can only do what they have it felt rushed it felt like it was just get the fuck in and get the fuck out. 
for all of my complaints about stuff that I didn't like on this show, I think there was a lot of variety. Yep. So we had like the, the fun rumble at the beginning. We had the 100 miles an hour uh, big guy against flippy guy opener. We had the squash match. We had a women's match. We had the plunder match. We had the, the lucha sprint. We had the, the crazy four-way tag match. We had the, the grappling match. We had the head drops match. We had the ladder match. And then we had the New Japan epic main event style match. So it's like a, a, a something for everyone there, like a variety pack of crisps. Yep. And speaking of which, you got plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so sixth match then was the IWGP Tag and ROH World Tag Championship match with the winners were, were Tangaloa and Tamatonga. Uh, Tangaloa pinning Brody King. After nine minutes with a super power bomb, so other teams in this match: Brody King and PCO, Sonata and Evil, Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe. Uh, we had our reservations about this match, but I've got to say, Damon, I really enjoyed this. Like, really? This, yeah, this was exactly where it exceeded expectations. Exactly what I wanted. Didn't go on too long. Everyone got their shit in. Uh, people were really into it. Uh, really into PCO. He took some crazy bumps. Um, I I thought it was really good. Hmm. I thought it was there. I didn't. I don't. I can't. I like. I'm really trying to rack my brain right now, trying to remember much of it. Now again, drinking all day, <laughs> but I still don't really. Nothing stands out to me. Like what's like right now? If I said, okay, take that match. What stands? What stood out to you? I thought uh, PCO and Brody King stood out. I got into the the kind of mini story they were telling there with PCO kind of taking himself out of the match to take out other people from the match by doing really reckless stuff and then leaving uh, Brody King to fight G.O.D. by himself, which he wasn't able to do. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. All right. Give me a star. Mm, three and a half. That's fair. I was going to go three. Yeah. I mean, nothing groundbreaking. Um, I will always prefer to have a two-on-two tag match, but what looked like an absolute mess on paper, I thought served its purpose and was well executed. Mm. Yeah, okay. Now, the big talking point came after this match. So we had Toriano stealing the IWGP tag team belts, but then we had Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Say that again, just so it's clear to everybody who the fuck we're talking about here. Um. Yeah. yeah, WWE uh, yeah. rejects uh-huh. Enzo Mori and Big Cass jumping over the railing and running a work shoot angle where we had uh, the Briscoes coming out to fight them. No security, which mm. that was the giveaway that it was uh, a work, it was planned. Uh, a bit confusing because the cameras weren't picking up on it at all and the announcers and the TV broadcast were ignoring it completely. So ROH had obviously worked very hard to try and make this into something that they hoped would go viral because they wanted people to film it on their phones and they, the ROH official Twitter account retweeted one of these fan videos. So obviously that was their intention. Um, now... I thought this was horrible. Shit. I I really, really hated it. I, I've got no time for Enzo Amore and Big Cass. I, I think it's a really bad optic to have a uh, an accused rapist as a, a new signing for your company. I thought it really hurt the, the next match, the Tanahashi-Zack Sabre Jr. match. But to play devil's advocate, the crowd seemed really into it. So if the objective was to create buzz and have uh, people thinking, oh, is this real? Is this fake? And sharing it online and having people excited and talking about it, they were successful. Do I like it? No, I fucking hated it. I hate Enzo Amore and I think it's a, a terrible decision to be booking him in your company. So I'm trying to reconcile those two things there because the the live reaction to it, the crowd were really hot for it. They were into this. I thought it killed the crowd. I thought you had more people around us kind of like, what's happening? What, what, what is going on over there? Who was that? That's Enzo. Who? That guy? Why? Like that, that was, those were the reactions. And then it was a lot of, uh, right? A lot of, uh, 
I heard more, and not just not just from me, from 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 people sitting around. Nope, like there is a huge fucking difference between, and I and I hate this in 2019 between heat and I don't want to fucking see this person. That wasn't heat. That was I don't want to see that fucking person. I don't. I'm not. We're not interested in this. What? Uh, what were they thinking on that? And I'm not talking about New Japan. Let's be very clear, because I don't think New Japan had, any, had anything to do with this. But what were they thinking? Did you see the video online of him rapping this weekend? He was booed off the stage. Booed off the stage. They were doing delete, delete, delete. It. He is not a person that even if I'm going to be honest with you, even if he didn't have the the issues that he apparently has and has had, why would why would you pick him up anyway? Why would you use him? Why would you give him a predominant role like that? I didn't get it. Yeah, it just it did seem very sleazy, and I think it's a, a misstep. I think it's a really big mistake to be booking people like that on your show. Um, but the way I heard it, they I thought there was a really big reaction for it. A lot of very uh, loud boos, people trying, fuck you, Enzo. So whether or not that's going to translate to people, casual fans, wanting to tune in to watch this uh, Enzo and Cass versus Briscoe's feud will remain to be seen. Personally, it's not something that interests me at all. I fucking hate it. Um, but let me just say this. He's he's not been... Like, that. those charges against him have been dropped. Yeah. Okay? So, to be fair, this is not necessarily even about that. Right? This is more about just the optics of a guy who just has a stink on him. He just has a fucking stink on him. I don't understand why you would do it. And I and to me, the crowd didn't react positively. And it, I think it hurt whatever was following next. I really do. Yeah, so we did get a uh, word from Voices of Wrestling that it was 100% a work. And they were told the upper level office pushed for it despite the booking team being largely against it. So... Uh, word on the street is that this is not on delirious this is people above, above him. him yeah really mm-hmm. <laughs> all right uh, like sinclair broadcasting i got a guy you can sign delirious i watch a little pro wrestling in between my my uh, political leanings how about that enzo amore he seems like a fun guy he seems like a guy who can get the crowd riled up. Yeah, I, I can't imagine this ending well at all. I think it's a disaster, personally. But again, we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. I'm not going to be fucking watching that, though. So, uh, a big, big pass from me. And like I said, I think it kind of uh, exhausted the audience after that because what followed was the British Heavyweight Championship match where... Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi in 15 minutes with what it says on the website, it was a modified Jim Brakes armbar. But of course, Damon, we all know that the, the correct name of this move, which is... Is this orienteering? No. Oh, right, this, this is, is... Oh, this is... We'll be happy for the rest yeah, of our lives. Walk year, surely this one will be better than the last. The inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness uh, to retain his title. Uh, and again, I thought it was a really good match. I think these two have got terrific chemistry and... When Zach locked in the hurrah another year, surely this one will be better than the last year. Next World March of Progress will lead us all to happiness. There was an audible gasp yep. from the crowd when he cranked back the shoulders and everyone went, ah! Oh! Yep. I don't know if it was a lot of people's first time seeing a Zack Sabre Jr. match, but just the reaction that that final submission maneuver got uh, was just tremendous. Like a great experience being there live for it. But the crowd were dead for the first five minutes. They were still recovering from the shock of whatever that shit was with, with Enzo and Cass. So I think the match suffered as a result. I think it was uh, uh, a bad spot to put Tanahashi and Zack in. Tanahashi was a hero, right? He, he 
you know, we talk about guys and walking into that building and and getting what they deserve. Tanahashi is one of those guys. Um, the finish surprised me a bit. I'm not going to lie. Finish surprised me a little bit to have him tap out in Madison Square Garden, right? And Zach was on fire this whole entire weekend. He's tapping out everybody. He's 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 having people lose left and right. Um, I like the match a lot. It, it it was again this whole show felt like it was whew, we were pressed for time, and we got to get in, get our shit, and get right out. We can't be fucking dilly dallying. There is no time to build. And it's we just got to go and do our thing. Um, this was, you know, not to be a spoiler, was this one of the? This was one of the rare non-title changes. Mm, yeah, we did. We got title changes uh, across the board, apart from that, didn't we? We sure did. Yeah, and as we did at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, it's it's April. We're, fl- we're 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 flipping titles left and right here. Let's move on to the next match, which was the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Kota Ibushi defeating Tetsuya Naito in twenty minutes with a Kamigoi. This was my match tonight. This was fucking excellent. This was everything you hoped it would be. I thought it was better than their New Japan Cup match, which I already thought was a great match. These guys went out there. They killed each other. They told their story. It was built nicely upon uh, spots that they'd done in the previous match where. Uh, the the second rope power bomb uh, was previously counted into the the driller onto the uh, side uh, the, the hardest part of the ring, <laughs> but this time it was counted into a hurricane runner off the apron onto the floor. So it's like it's layers upon layers upon layers, and the crowd were just losing their minds. They were stamping their feet. It felt like the building was about to come down because everyone was into this. It was one of those just really memorable live wrestling experiences that being there in the building and having the ground shaking beneath your feet for these two guys just killing each other it i will never forget that just an amazing match i love the little story of ibushi um finally managing to win the the intercontinental championship which he's never been able to do before by uh channeling the power of uh nakamura when he did the the bomaye to help him get towards the victory before he finished him off with the the kamigoi so just brilliant, brilliant stuff from both guys. Yeah, I think the I think the building was electric. Like that that match real you really felt like you were in a special moment and a special place. Um both guys put on a fucking hell of a, of a performance. Both guys knew what was set ahead of them when it came to this match and the venue and and all that we talk about a million times. I think they delivered, and you know it. It, it you'd be hard pressed to to find someone who was going to hand wave this match, let alone the performance of both Abushi and Naito in the past six months. You know, these two guys have been literal fire. <laughs> Not literal fire, Joe. Don't look at me like I'm, <laughs> but they have been. So. Uh, I think everybody in that building walked out thinking they saw a real classic New Japan match. Four and a half? Yeah, easy four and a half. Yeah. Ninth match was ROH World Championship three-way ladder match with Matt Taven defeating Jay Lethal and Marty Scott in 29 minutes. I felt every single one of those 29 minutes, Damon. But again, I know I'm repeating myself. I, I dislike ladder matches. They're not for me. I find them a bit hokey and it ruins my suspension and disbelief when you have them climbing up two rungs and then trying to grab the belt. It's like, you know you're not going to be able to reach it from there and doing it in slow motion. This this whole match felt really slow to me. But again, hundredth uh, time I've said it, the live crowd were really into it. They, I mean, people enjoy ladder matches. What can I say? They're, they're formulaic for me. Every time there's a ladder match, they just run through the exact same spots. I'm bored of them. But the live crowd weren't. So again, I'm struggling to reconcile those two things. So again, this is going under the the category of uh, not for me, but successful for the live crowd. Um, 
Now, I think the interesting conversation point here is the winner because I think a lot of people expected Marty Skull to win and we, we know that he's leaving the company. His contract is coming up soon. But I think a lot of us expected that Marty would win it and then he would be the one to pass the belt on to the next uh, up-and-coming star, which, I, I mean, I guess would be Roosh at the moment, but it's hard to say. But in the end, they went with Matt Taven. Now, Matt Taven is a guy that we uh, have been quite critical of in the past, but he had some really tremendous heel heat here. And he, when he was coming out and people were booing him and hurling abuse at him, even when they announced that he was from, was it, is it Boston? Am I mm, right in saying? Because yeah, New Yorkers hate people from Boston. And he was just milking that, that uh, hate from the crowds. And he just seemed to have that little extra swagger in his step that made me think, this motherfucker's winning this match. And I, I tweeted out halfway through it, I really wanted to see Taven win just to hear the response. And he did win. And I think it was the right call. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen Jay win for the nonsense, non-pro wrestling thing of, you know, that stupid chant of he deserves it. He deserves it. You know what I mean? Jay living a town over, right? That's the building that he always looked at, you know? Um, and being on the Jersey Independence and the East Coast Independence for years, and then doing Ring of Honor for years, I would have liked to have seen him win. That's the pro wrestling fan in me, you know? Um, yeah, Matt Taven absolutely has heel charisma, right? He yeah, has. And we've met a lot of Matt Taven fans as well. Shockingly. Shockingly. And again, I feel like sometimes I'm in a little bubble. And I got my little New Japan and I and I stick in that lane and and that's that. And 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 sometimes things outside of that lane it's easy to dismiss. And it's easy to just what is this? There are people with Matt Taven t shirts. With that being said, there were people with Super J cast, <laughs> so so I can't say everybody has, to, you know. So, um, yeah, it was a, it, it. Look, he's got his his vocal supporters, most of them female, um, that you hear loud and proud, and good for him. He's he, he's he's a guy that I would not think you would build around, but. He's a guy that he, that they are building around. It was a uh, Clifton who we met in the the Irish bar before we went to karaoke. He was wearing a Matt Taven t shirt, wasn't yep. he? And yeah, there there were again a surprising number of people who who were Taven fans. So uh, for me, it was really interesting and, and valuable to see that it, within that live crowds, uh, Taven is a person, and the Kingdom is an act that can elicit a, a strong emotional response from the crowd because you sure as shit didn't see that when they were doing on a rising in Caracol Hall because the crowd just did not give a shit about that. So um, I appreciate the fact that this match got me invested in the outcome, if not the actual mechanics of the match itself, because I, I wanted to see Matt Taven win and hear the response to that. And I thought it was really well done. Yeah. He's he, to me, he is a perfect example of a guy who needs the proper environment. Again, you can't put him in Cork and Hall and, 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 and get nearly what you got out of Madison square garden, right? He has to be in the right environment. It's gotta be, it's gotta be set up for him to win. Right. And in the sense of his, it's gotta be a crowd that's going to be, uh, and, you, and you can say that for everybody, anybody, but it feels like he, especially, he can't work outside of that element. Yeah, and also uh, one of the notable moments during that match was when Jay Lethal threw a ladder structure out the ring and it unfortunately bounced into the crowds and oh. it hit a fan in, in the face. Did you notice that? Yeah, well, yeah. I saw, the, I saw the, the, the scuttlebutt at ringside I didn't. I didn't know if it hit him in the face or not. Or I hope everything's everybody right, was okay. I hope uh, safety first. Okay, so by this point it was what eleven fifteen. Yep. Crowd were tired. Yep. I was. Tired, oh, I was tired. But we had to g ourselves up for 
an IWGP Heavyweight Championship match where Kazuchika Okada, the New Japan Cup winner, defeated Jay White to become the 69th IWGP Heavyweight Champion in 32 minutes with the Rainmaker. Now, I think this is the kind of match where I need to go back and watch it again, uh, not at the end of a five-hour wrestling extravaganza that featured a lot of stuff that I didn't like and I was bored by because, like I said, at that point, I was exhausted and I don't know if I was in the right frame of mind to appreciate the the you know the 35 minute long epic new japan main event style match if that's coming at the end of you know a two hour two and a half hour show where i've enjoyed everything right. then yeah that i can appreciate the build up more but when you have that and they, it is i don't want to say samey or formulate but it's quite idiosyncratic like the opening 10 15 minutes of an iwgp heavyweight title match and i think perhaps that wasn't the time to do it. Now, I think it was a really, really good match. And like I said, we'll go and watch it again. But maybe it could have done with being a bit shorter and faster. What, what say you? I love the match, man. I, I, I don't think... I don't, I, I don't have much to critique about it, to be truthful. And again, you're there live. It is late. And I think it absolutely deserves a, a second rewatch. That last five minutes, man. I was going to say last like ten minutes. I mean, they got the crowd back by the end. Yep. Let's, let's be clear here. I'm not saying that it was the whole thing was a miss. Yep. That was dramatic pro wrestling. Um, the rainmaker spots, um, switch. You know, the the kick. So we had a uh, we had uh, Jay White kick out of a rainmaker, yeah. which elicited an enormous response from the crowds, and. Then there was that moment where Jay White hit the Blade Runner. Yep. And as soon as he hit that Blade Runner, you saw a card get spiked just to the mat. Everyone was like, yep. fuck, no, <laughs> yep. no. Because you thought it was over. Because we've been conditioned to to believe that Blade Runner equals death. Uh, but then you, you saw, oh, he's too exhausted to go for the cover. So he just used his last ounce of strength to pull that Blade Runner out. But he'd been pushed too long. This wasn't at the end of a 15 minute match like it was at Wrestle Kingdom this was at the end of 25 minutes right. and, and he had nothing left and the crowd would just, they, they had the crowd in the palm of their hands by the end of it the crowd were on, on the edge of their seats for every near fall and kick out the Rainmaker and the, the Blade Runner there and even the, the spinning Lariat Rainmaker thing that he does which, and the pile drivers yeah. yeah which never finishes the match but the crowd just exploded when he did that and the, the pot for Okada coming out was immense and everyone in that building seemed to adore him and they were chanting his name. And if the objective is to present New Japan Pro Wrestling in front of a global audience with Okada as your star, then mission accomplished. Correct. Absolutely correct. The only thing missing were Okada bucks and streamers. That was the only thing that was missing. And and I and I'm gonna be honest with you, the reason why they didn't have Okada Bucks is because the union would have to clean that up. Ah, right. Yeah, makes sense. I, I, I don't know if you noticed someone threw one of their streamers in when uh, there was a, a kick out at three because they thought it was. Oh, that was it. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice touch. Nice. But uh, maybe this was the first time for a lot of people in that building seeing a New Japan style main event. Yeah. So again everyone was into it and just a, a huge success you went to a couple shows this weekend i went to a couple shows this weekend where would you put this and and again you saw other things you've watched you've dipped and dabbed you dipped your toes in other things where does this show rank for you in terms of the the whole show the live experience this one was the best but i do have to say i thought takeover had a, an incredible atmosphere a very very special feeling inside that building because you know it wasn't for me personally like I wasn't that interested in Johnny Gargano or Adam Cole but you can't deny that that was a white hot crowd and it, it was deafening inside the Barclays Centre I had a headache because people were so loud in there so uh, I think in terms of the crowd response those two are on par in terms of my personal enjoyment definitely the G1 Supercard. I think I think I will go to my grave knowing that I had that I had an experience at Madison Square Garden. I, again, Madison Square Garden is just such a, 
such, such an, an important venue that like I just can't get over the fact that they they were there. So I, yeah, I would go. That show was probably my most enjoyed show of the weekend. I think NXT was up there, maybe the second one. I think the Rev Pro show was 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 very good. Um, I think the whole, entire weekend. I, I can't, you know, I, I, like I I hate to be the sentimental jerk off. I think the entire weekend was was fantastic, and I, and and it's going to be hard for me to turn down going to Tampa. Yeah, I'm never going to forget this. Uh, as long as I live, just being able to say that I was there in that building in Madison Square Garden for the the first ever was it the first ever New Japan show they done first yeah. ever. Um, just I, I mean, almost finding it difficult to uh, put it into words how special it was. And maybe it's one of those things that you won't realize how special it is for another 20 years. Then you'll look back on that and think, shit, I was there. Yeah. I was in that building when that momentous event happened. Because we don't know how things are going to play out. But just f- for this one night in isolation. Yep. They did a great job. Everyone involved. Ring of Honor. New Japan. All the staff. All the crew. It's a lot of hard work putting that together, I'm sure. And and they pulled it off. It was a sold out building. You know, again, I spent a lot of time just looking, my eyes rolling around the building, just being like, "Up, oh, there's the Mark Messier banner. Up, oh, there's uh, uh, all the, the the cup banners. Oh, there's you know the Knicks players. There's New Japan logo, <laughs> and there's a Bullet Club. You know, there the graphics come on, and you're like, there's chaos. Why? Uh, what chaos logo is here? So. Just another little thing, having the on the screens, they had banners with the title belts on either side of the main screen, which I thought was a really nice touch. And just again, seeing like the IWGP heavyweight title graphic in Madison Square Garden, just unbelievable. Hearing the entrances, I'm not gonna lie, hearing Liger's music, knowing that's it, I was just like, motherfucker, you're gonna, you're gonna get me, you got me. It might never happen again. No, this could be why, it. That's it. Yeah. So, I look. I I I I'm going to give that show a big thumbs up. I think the main event delivered. I'm I'm over four stars for the main event. Um, it definitely deserves a rewatch. But as we as we called it, as we said it, you're going to close with Okada winning that fucking title, and they did the right thing. It doesn't hurt Jay White. Let's 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 nip that right in the fucking bud. He looked like a star coming out. Correct. You're, you're not hurting Jay White. You're not hurting his momentum. You're losing to fucking Okada, who ha- who arguably is the greatest IWGP Heavyweight Champion ever in the main event in a sold out Madison Square Garden. You're not getting any of your rub, you know, your shine rubbed off. That's yeah, not happening. The very fact that Jay White was in the main event. If someone had told you that two years ago, you would have laughed them out of the building. Exactly. Exactly. So don't worry. So if you're a Jay White guy, relax. You're fine. You're going to be just fine. All right. Well, I think that draws things to a close. It does. Um, We'll be back to normal business next week with all your questions. So just thank you again, everyone who came and spoke to us in New York. An amazing experience. I'm I'm never going to forget it. And I'm just almost lost for words. I know. I'm I'm kind of sad because I'm going to give Joel a big hug as he leaves out the door. I'm going to pack in... 10 minutes to be at the door so it goes like I gotta check it at 11 but dude I had a very safe flight um give my best to the missus she is such a sweetheart um and look I'll see you in January